Are you ready for the word? <laughs> Come and talk back to me. Are you ready for the word? You know, let, let me just say this quickly before I preach. <laughs> this is not piflo. It's good to have that disclaimer. <laughs> um, so, so whatever expectation you have, uh, come, come, come. Just <laughs> relax, <laughs> right? I'm just going to do what God has called me to do today. And I trust God that you're going to be blessed. Amen. First Samuel 5, 1 to 5. And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. Next verse. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Can you imagine? And when day of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon or Dagon was falling upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. It collects. <laughs> Pastor Philip, you're pushing me. <laughs> Dagon was falling upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. These guys are stubborn. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. This time the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Next verse. Therefore neither the priest of Dagon nor any of that nor any of nor any that come into Dagon's house tread upon the threshold of course. When you don't want your head to go off. <laughs> upon tread tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashur in until this day. Hallelujah. First John 4. Can we read like a mask for you? One, two, three, go. Lead the children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Whoo! Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Give me a tip. There's something powerful there. The Bible says, lead to children, you can be certain that you belong to God. I'm not in doubt if I belong to God or not. The Bible says I can be certain I belong to God. So when that voice of accusation or doubt comes, just slips into your mind and say, are you really sure that you are God? So no, no, the Bible says, I am certain I belong to God. I am not in doubt. I am not, this is my reality. I am, oh, I am certain I belong to God. And have conquered them. For the one who lives or who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. I came to announce to someone in this room that the one living inside of you is far greater than that storm you're facing. The one living inside of you is far greater than that doctor's report. The one living inside of you is far greater than that mountain you're faced with. The one living inside of you is far greater than that bill. I've come to announce to someone in this room that what you've got on your inside is a big deal. Never see yourself as an empty vessel. What you have on your inside is a big deal. Oh, I feel the presence of God already. The one 
living inside of you is far greater. Can you just help me preach to your neighbor left to your right and say the one living inside of me is far greater. Come on, I needed to do that more convincingly this morning. The one living inside of me is far greater. I came with a sure word from God this morning. I, I know you came here to hear Dr. Flourish Peters, but trust me, God sent me to tell someone here, maybe 10 of you, maybe 100 of you, maybe watching online, that the one living inside of you, what you have inside of you is far greater than the structures of the world put together. What you have on your inside, what you've got on your inside is far greater than the systems of the world put together what you've got on your inside the structures of the world can stand against it because it's far greater bigger than your problems bigger than that bill bigger than that doctor's reports see listen the problem of the believer sometimes is that we tell God how big our problem is instead of telling our problem how big our God is so most of the time we go complaining to God, my problem is this. No, 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 no. The Bible says the one who is inside of his far greater. So look at that problem and say, hey, 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 stop it. My God is bigger than you. My God is stronger than you. Look at that doctor's report. Hey, my God is bigger than you. Look at that mountain. My God is bigger than you. Oh, I feel the power of God so strong. You're about to have a blast at this service. Get ready. Get ready. I sense it so strong in my spirit. Spray in talks for 10 seconds. You might be going through your go-throughs right now, but heads up, shoulders high. You are coming out victorious because the one living inside of you is far greater. If you believe this word, come and shout, yes, somebody. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for your word. In Jesus' matchless name, you've prayed. Please, can we be seated with our sweet myself this morning? Glory to God. Glory to God. I start this morning by quoting Dr. Mars Moron, who said, When purpose is not known, abuse and misuse is inevitable. What that means is when the purpose of a thing is not in view, you tend to abuse it. Everything created, everything made, everything created was created for a purpose. This microphone, this handkerchief, this speaker, everything, there was a purpose in view before anything was created. Am I right? So when you're using something outside the purpose of it, you are misusing and you are abusing it. Abusing means abnormal use. 
right? So, for example, the purpose of dressing is to cover nakedness. Are we on the same page? The purpose why <laughs> we were told to dress up was so that we can cover our nakedness, right? So, I just imagine, so people claim they are dressed up and they are still naked. That just means you are abusing and you are misusing the purpose of dressing. Because in the beginning, when dressing was introduced, Adam and Eve discovered that they were naked. And they were trying to cover something, cover their nakedness. So, if you now, as a human being, with the five senses, dresses up, you claim that you've dressed up and you are still naked. We can still see your private parts. It shows that you are abusing the purpose of dressing. Am I right? Yes, In the same way, the scriptures were written for a purpose. There was a purpose in mind. We had a purpose in view for the scriptures. The scriptures were not written for you just to read it and pick whatever. No, no, no. The scriptures were written, were given to us for a purpose. Now, when you're using the scriptures and the Bible outside the purpose why it was given, you are misusing the scriptures. You are abusing the scriptures. Now, what is the purpose of the scriptures? I'm glad you asked. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15. The Bible says, and that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, the Agios Graphae, the sacred writing, which are able to make the wise unto salvation. That means the purpose of the scriptures put together Genesis to Malachi or Genesis to Revelation as it were, is to bring you into wisdom for salvation. The purpose why the scriptures was given. So Paul is saying, having read Genesis to Malachi or Genesis to Revelation, you should come to the point where you have wisdom unto salvation, not something else. The word wisdom here is sophizo, meaning full acquaintance. That means you would have come into full acquaintance of what salvation is. That's why the Bible was given in the first place. If you're reading the Bible and you're not getting wisdom unto salvation, you are, you are reading the Bible wrongly. You know, it's funny how people read the Bible and they're gaining wisdom unto assassination. I'm not even joking. People read the Bible and they're gaining wisdom unto demonology. You will see people, you will see pastors sometimes when they analyze demon for you, you'll be shocked. How did we get here? Is it the same Bible that we are reading? You know, and so Paul is saying that the scriptures are able to make the wise unto salvation. Salvation here, I, I, I slated it in four parts. So, when the Bible says salvation, it's not just saving you from hellfire. Salvation in this sense is first what Christ has done for you. The finished work of Christ. Stay with me. Secondly, who you are in him and who he is to you. Your identity in Christ. Thirdly, what you have in him, your inheritance in Christ. Fourthly, what you can do through him and what he can do through you, your abilities in Christ. So when you hear salvation, you are hearing these four things. 
When you hear salvation, you are hearing about the finished work of Christ. You're hearing about your identity in Christ. You're hearing about your inheritance in Christ. You're hearing about your abilities in Christ. Are you following? So Paul is saying, when you read Genesis to Malachi, Genesis to Revelation, you should come to the point where you have wisdom unto the finished work, wisdom unto your identity, wisdom unto your inheritance, wisdom unto your abilities. Do you understand? So you can't be reading the Bible and you are getting wisdom unto something else. It shows that you are using the Bible wrongly. You know, I, 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 I can never forget this. Back then in school studying theology, there was this case. I mean, we had theft cases rampant in our, rampant in our school that time. So it was so bad that on this particular day, we just lost a, a significant figure in, in school. And, you know, the school, everybody, we had money. And this day, somebody stole an item in school. And the leadership of the school was so like, on this particular day that we are mourning a leader, that is when someone chose to go and steal. Then my SOG president was so furious. He said, there's how we do this thing where we come from. And by the way, this man is a pastor. Of course, he's studying theology as a pastor. Then he said, you will get a new Bible. And there is a part in Psalms that you would say out of the Bible. And you will read out that Psalm. You will get a new padlock. Having read this psalm in this new padlock, you lock it, bury it, and the person will confess after 72 hours and die. And in my mind, no be juju be that. Because I don't understand how you are a babalawo, my friend. <laughs> yes, you, you are a juju man. <laughs> because, and funny how he said, this is how we do it, where we come from. And he's a pastor. So, the Bible that is meant to bring people wisdom for salvation, they've made it a tool for destruction. And they are taking pride in it. That's, have, you heard, have you heard a man of God say stuff like, if I open the Bible and I curse you with it. And they take pride in it. You are misusing and you are abusing the purpose of the scriptures. That is not why the scriptures were given. You can't be destroying people's lives and you're dragging God into it. No. Daddy, don't do like that. You see, I mean, if you know them, I was watching one recently, just stumbled on, stumbled on him on YouTube, uh, overcoming water spirit. I'm like, oh my God. And this guy went on and on and on and on and on. I'm like, guy, waste of time. And you see, <laughs> then I'll say, even if God is a loving father, he's a consuming fire. So God can be loving, but don't, don't try his other side. No, no, no. God will change down for you. Even if he's a loving father, he's still a consuming fire. But my God is not a consuming fire. <laughs> my God is not a consuming I don't know about your God. But the God I serve, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is not a consuming fire. Let me show you something in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 3 and verse 4. Something very important. 1 Timothy 2, 3 and verse 4. NKJV. 
The Bible says, for this is the will. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Watch this. This is English language. Go back. Go back. Go back first. Can we read together? So, this is good and acceptable, right? So, what is good and acceptable? Next verse. Who desires all men to be saved? So, we are not confused on where God's desire is. Stay with me, stay with me. This is good and acceptable. What is good and acceptable? He desires all men to be saved. All men. All men. What is all in the Greek? All. <laughs> Stop looking for deep meaning. All is all. He desires all men to be saved. Not some men. Not most men. All men to be saved. This is the desire of God. He does not desire some saved, some destroyed, some saved, some... No, no, no. All men to be saved. Period. We are not confused on what God desires. You know, God desires some people to go to hell. No, 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 no. God's desire is to have all men saved. So he never desires anyone to die, anyone to be destroyed. He wants all men saved, period. Are we following? Now, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, watch this. If God's desire is to have all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, the desire of the devil will be not to have all men saved and not come to the knowledge of the truth. If God's desire is to have all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, so the desire of the devil is not to have all men saved. Even if they get saved, he will fight it that they don't come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why, see, the devil does not have an issue with you shouting amen in the morning. He's not intimidated by your amen, amen, amen. No, 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 no. If God, see, there is a reason why God wants you, after salvation, to have the knowledge of the salvation you have received. Because God knows that salvation without the knowledge of it, salvation, receiving salvation without the revelation of the salvation you have received, you can be a free man living like a prisoner. God knows that. So God doesn't just want you saved. No, no, no. As powerful as salvation is, the devil knows that he can, he can, he can oppress a man who has no knowledge. The devil knows. That's why even if you are saved, he, he, he will fight it that you don't come to the knowledge of the truth. He knows. Ordinary Jesus is God that we posted on Twitter. Small Jesus is God problem. The devil is fight. That's why religion is standing against the truth by all means. It's the devil behind it. You can't tell me anything. The devil knows the power of knowledge. Because he knows that you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. He knows. So he will make sure that he fights every means possible. You hear the gospel and you are rebelling against it. I don't share any. <laughs> are they doing you? <laughs> I heard some time ago that before, because people told someone that you see, you don't have to 
engage in covenant seed. The person left the church. I'm like, are you supposed to be happy? What kind of religion is this? If someone tells me that, I don't have to fast and pray for God to answer me. Why should I be angry? Is that not a freedom for me? I don't, I don't understand it. I'm coming to tell you that, see, this life you have in Christ, you don't need seed to trigger it. And you're angry. Why? Am I the cause of your problem? <laughs> you too like works. You too like you too like works. Why? Why? I'm asking why. It's so annoying. So as powerful as salvation is, it's important that you come into the knowledge of the truth. And this knowledge of the truth is the wisdom unto salvation Paul spoke about. You see, I've seen people who all they know about salvation is that I'm not going to hellfire. You've not met people like that. All they know to what salvation is, I'm not going to hell. And there is more to salvation. Salvation is soteria. It's called a full package. It comes with healing. It comes with deliverance. It comes with freedom. It comes with redemption. It comes with prosperity. It comes with salvation is not a cappella. You heard Dr. P, Dr. Flo say it all the time. Salvation is like an orchestral band. There's everything accompanying salvation. But all they know to salvation is I'm not going to hell. And the devil is tormenting their health, tormenting them on all grounds. But they cannot enforce what they have in Christ because they don't know. So, I'll give an example. It's just like gifting, gifting, gifting an old citizen, maybe an iPhone, an iPhone 14 Pro Max or a brand new phone. For better explanation, a brand new phone. And of course, a brand new phone comes with everything you can think of, including the manual. Just in case you don't, you don't have an idea on how to operate some functions, the manual will guide you. Uh, the manual will guide you. The manual will guide you. There is a reason for the manual there. Oh, I feel something now. So, one hot, sunny, hellfire standard afternoon, you see this person running Elta Skeeter, and you're wondering, hey, madam, what's going on? Where are you going to? And the person says, eh, I'm, I'm going to a cyber cafe. I'm trying to access the internet. I want to check Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. And you're wondering, but I gifted you a brand new phone some days ago. This phone can do everything that you don't have to run Elta Scatter in the sun going to look for where to browse Facebook. And the person is like, but I don't know. And, but there is a manual in the phone that can guide you on the functions of the phone. In the same way, we have believers having received a brand new package of salvation. Still running altar scatter looking for deliverance. Looking for redemption. Looking for forgiveness. Looking for prosperity. Looking for everything they have in the brand new package called salvation. And you are wondering, have you to check your manual? The manual of the scriptures. 
that can make you wise unto salvation, that can bring you into the understanding of this brand new package called salvation you've received. The deliverance you are looking for out there is in, is in you. The freedom you are looking for out there is in you. The redemption you are looking for out there is in you. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to suffer for it. Everything you have in Christ has been given to you freely. And you're wondering, why are you running? It's, it's just consult the manual. Just, con, just consult the manual. Just, but believers, we don't like consulting the manual. And, and I, I, I say this respectfully. And we now have some agbayas on pulpit. Instead of them to... I'm sorry if this was shade. I'm sorry. Instead of them, instead of them to now... Okay, like just like you do to this old man or this old citizen. So I was saying, okay, ma, let me show you how to use this brand new phone. Get the manual. Show the person. Okay, look at the functions. Look at the manual. This is where it is. If you need to, if you need to use this, this is where it is in the manual. This is where it is in the manual. You now have people ripping that woman over ignorance. Ibo people, I trust you. I'm sorry. And I say, ah, madam, to download this Facebook for your phone, eh, you go pay like 5000 So I go, you get one place where they download that for your phone. I go, come and help you download that. You go, come, they use that for your house. You don't need to, but you go pay 5000 first. I go, help you buy the Facebook. What is free in the phone? It's in the package. It's free. To buy a way they phone, they don't run the human streets. <laughs> you won't buy the gift with <laughs> In the same way, we have agbayas on the pulpit. I even say this with no apology. They are on the pulpit ripping believers of their ignorance. Instead of you to bring them back to the, to the manual. Okay, let me show you the scriptures. He was wounded for your transgressions. Bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. By his stripes you've been healed. Show them the manual. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have been blessed far and above principalities and powers. You are complete in Christ. You are, show them to show, take them back to the manual. They enjoy reaping these believers. I say, you know, you, you need to, to provoke the favor of God. My God. My God. You, you, you have to sow a seed. You, you, you have to move God. To, to provoke the favor of God. There is a dimension of favor that you need to access. And it is your opala by your seed. By your seed. Don't I? By your seed. Where does seed the talker? Seed, seed, seed. See, that's why you're talking nonsense. Dr. Seed. <laughs> See, the favor of God was provoked on the cross when Jesus died. You have no favor to provoke. You have no favor from anywhere to provoke. The highest favor of God is Jesus and you have him inside of you. He that speared not his son. 
but gave him up all for us. How shall he not with him freely? How did you receive Jesus freely? So why do you think favor will come for a charge? And that is just the ignorance in the church. So painful. So painful. Are you getting blessed? Are you learning something? Now, the four compartments of salvation, as I mentioned, let's, let's run through that quickly. The four things you need to know about your salvation. First, what Christ has done. The finished work. There is a reason why it's called the finished work. Because it's finished. Like, the explanation is actually in the statement. <laughs> finished work. <laughs> I really don't know what I want to explain. There's a reason why it is called the finished work. Because it is finished. I <laughs> mean, because. So I'm. <laughs> Where do you remain? You have to finish what is finished. You go, you, now you go finish. <laughs> you all listen to what everybody does there. <laughs> because it is finished. See. Oh. My contemplation this morning is the God man. The God man is a finished man because he's a product of the finished work. Did you hear what I just said? The God-man is a finished man because he's a product of the finished work. You can't add or remove anything from the God-man. He's completely made. The Bible did not miss word when he said, we are complete in him. The word complete, there's the Greek word plero, meaning full to the bringing. To the extent that you cannot add anything on it. You are complete in Christ. Who is the head of all principalities and powers? Your salvation is complete. You don't need to add anything to your salvation. It is complete. It is not by your works. It is the work of grace. It is complete. Tell anybody it is complete. It's complete. You don't finish. Finished work, finished work. There is nothing to add. Give me Ephesians 2 and verse 8 message. Now, God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Saving, salvation is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to what? Next verse. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we, we, done, we had done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is not of your works. Salvation is not by your doings. It's by the doings of God. So first thing you need to know about salvation is that the work of salvation is complete, done and dusted. When he said it is finished, he meant it. He was not joking. Jesus died on the cross. He's not faint on the cross. He died like he actually died. He didn't collapse. He died for a reason. For the work of your salvation. 
Are you following? The four compartments of salvation, like I said. The finished work of Christ. Your identity in Christ. Your inheritance in Christ. And your abilities in Christ. Because when you believe in the finished work of Christ, you become his son. He becomes to you a father. And every son has an inheritance. What is your father is yours. So these are the three goals. The finished work of Christ. Once you believe in the finished work of Christ, you become his son. He becomes your father. That is your identity. And this, your identity as a son, brings you into your inheritance and shows you your abilities. Are you following? I, it's teaching. I want it to sink in. I want it to sink in. I'll do that again. When you believe in the finished work of Christ, you become his son. He becomes your father. In your identity as a son, you have an inheritance. And your identity also shows you your abilities. So the Bible says in John 1 and verse 12. John 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become what? Even to them that believe on his name. So when you believed on his name, when you believed in the finished work, you became a son. 1 John, 1, 1 John 3 and verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. So the Father identified the Son. When you became born again, He, as your Father, called you His Son. Next verse. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. So now you believe in Him, you become His Son. Are you following? You believe in him, you become his son. And by being a son, you have an inheritance. By being a son, all your father has is yours. By being a son, you do not have inheritance issue. Because everything your father has is yours. Everything your father has is yours. See, everything my father has is mine. Say it like you mean it. Everything my father has is mine. I do not lack inheritance. Everything my father has is mine. Now, what is this inheritance? Give me Psalms 2 and verse 7. Message. Let me tell you what God said next. I'm whispering God's mind to you. He said, you are my. And today is your what? Listen, in the kingdom of sons, every day is our birthday. Oh. In the kingdom as sons, every day is our birthday. Because, you know, you see your inheritance in your father's will. Am I talking to you? You see your inheritance in your father's will. Now, this is the will of the father in his word. And he's saying, you are my son. And today is your birthday. When you open this will tomorrow, it does not say yesterday was your birthday. Every time you open this will, today is your birthday. You open the will tomorrow, today is your birthday. 
You open the wheel next month. Today is your birthday. You open the wheel in three months' time. Today is your birthday. In the kingdom of sons, every day is our birthday. What I mean to tell you that every day is a day of rejoicing. Every day is a day of celebration. Every day is a day of rejoicing. Every day is a day of celebration because every day is our birthday. What do you do on your birthday? You rejoice. You are glad. You shout for joy. You arrange party after party. You arrange party after party. So I came with a word from God this morning. Get ready for party after party. Get ready for celebration. Get ready for grace upon grace. Get ready for gifts upon gifts. Because what comes on your birthday is gift. You receive gifts on your birthday. So if every day is your birthday, get ready for gifts upon gifts. Gifts heaps on gifts. I feel something. It's my birthday every day. It's my birthday every day. It's my birthday every day. No downtime for me. No sorrowful moments. It's my birthday. Today is my birthday. Tomorrow is my birthday. Next week is my birthday. I rejoice. Listen. Your father is trying to show you your inheritance. On your birthday, name it. Nations as a present. I feel something now. Continents as a prize. You can't command them to dance all for you. Or throw them out with tomorrow's trash. Why is he saying nations as a present? Because the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. My father owns it all. <laughs> my father owns it all. So my father is saying, I can get the nations as my present. Continent as my prize. Because my father owns it all. Because of this inheritance, my ability springs up within me. And I can speak to every case. Lift up your heads, all you kids. And be lifted up here shines everlasting doors that this king of glory may come in who is this king of glory i am he i am the king of glory because the bible says he has made me king and priest to reign here on earth so i can walk up to any door i can walk up to any closed door i can speak to the mountains be removed and be cast into the sea and they will obey me because I know the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I have the ability of my father. I can speak to mountains. I can cast out demons. I can heal the sick. I can call them things turn back to life. I can do the impossible. I operate in the abilities of my father. Listen, the God man has no deficiency in power. Did you hear what I just said? The God man has no deficiency in power. The abilities of your father are your abilities. Oh, the God
God, man. <laughs> I've moved to your abilities now. I've gone beyond your finished work, your inheritance, your identity. I'm now in your abilities. <laughs> See, the abilities of the God, man, are limitless. There is no limit to your power. I know what I'm saying. One beautiful thing about the revelation of Jesus is that the revelation of Jesus shows you the Father and shows you who you are. Stay with me. So powerful. The revelation of Jesus is a two-edged sword. Same person, Jesus, you can tell who the Father is. Same person, Jesus, you can tell who the believer is. Same person, Jesus. You can tell who the father is by looking at him. Same person, Jesus. You can tell who the believer is. Of Jesus, the Bible will say, he is the, invis is the visible image of the invisible God. Same Jesus. He is the brightness, is the, is the brightness of the father's glory. Same Jesus. He is the express image of his person. Same Jesus. And same Jesus, the Bible will say, as he is, so are we. Same Jesus. <laughs> same Jesus. Because Jesus is the perfect prototype of the God-man. Jesus shows you God and shows you man at the same time. He's the perfect prototype of the God-man. He shows you God and shows you man at the same time. So Jesus, looking at Jesus, you can't be confused on who the father is. Looking at Jesus, you can't be confused on who you are. Are you following? I'm, 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 I'm traveling to your abilities. I'm traveling to your abilities. Stay with me. Stay with me. You will get blessed by this. Now, if Jesus is the perfect prototype of the God man, how do I know my abilities? By looking at Jesus. It's simple. Everything Jesus can do, I can do. It's not hard. As he is, so am I. So, Pilan, how do I know my abilities in Christ? Very simple. John 14, 12. Verily, very Jesus speaking. I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works I do, shall he do also. Are you reading with me? Jesus is saying, he who models after me by believing in me, the works I do, you shall do also. He's showing you in plain sight your, your abilities in him. He show you in plain sight what you can do in him, what he can do through you. He show you in plain sight that everything I did here on earth was showing you how to do it. Because it's important to know that the primary reason why Jesus came was to die. Papa explained that last week. The primary reason why Jesus came was to die. So if he had healed the sick, raised the dead, performed miracles without dying, he would have failed. But if he didn't do all of those things, came, died, was buried, resurrected, 
successful. But the reason why he did all of that was to show you and me the pattern of the God man. Was to show you and me the abilities of the God man. Because he knows that there will be a time that he will say, the works that I do, you shall do also. So he had to do the work as an example to show you that you can do the same, baby. You can do the same. So how do you how, how do you do the works of Jesus? Very simple. When you look at the life of Jesus and you see how he lived the life of possibilities, you embrace it and say, that's my life. Practical example. Study the life of Jesus in the Bible. You see how he lived the life of possibilities. You embrace it and say, that's my life. That is my life. All things are possible with me. All things are possible with me. I refuse to have impossibilities in my life. All things are possible with me. If nothing was impossible for Jesus to do, nothing can be impossible for me to do. If Jesus walked on water, I can walk on water. Because he said it, I'm using his words. I'm using his words. Everything I did, you can do. You need to believe the word, for Jesus, the word of Jesus for it. You need to believe it. If you believed him for your salvation, believe him for your abilities. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. If you believed him for your salvation, if you believed that just by saying I believe in you, you were saved. If Jesus now says the same thing I did, you can do. You should believe him for it. You should believe him for it. Listen, Jesus was never stranded. <laughs> Do you know Jesus was never stranded? Jesus would want to go into another city. And there's no means of transportation. He sent his disciple. Go into that house. Get that ass for me. If they ask you who needs it, tell them the master is in need of it. Never stranded. Oh, never stranded. Never stranded. The Jews would want to embarrass him and seek for, um, what do they call that thing again? Tax. You have to tell Peter, go into the mouth of the fish. Get me a corn and pay these guys. Never stranded. And he's saying, these things I did, you can do the same. I am never stranded. Help shows up for me every time. Help shows up for me every time. I know what I'm I am never stranded. I'm showing you abilities in Christ. If Jesus healed the sick, you can heal the sick. If you raise the dead, you can raise the dead. And raising the dead here might not only mean human beings. It can mean calling dead things back to life. Speaking to that dead womb. Speaking to that dead business. Speaking to that health issue. Speaking to that sickness. Speaking to that dead womb. Jump back to life. Lazarus! Comfort her. Speak to your business. Speak to your finances. Speak to your health. Speak to that body. Speak to that career. Speak to that ministry. Speak to that long-standing issue. If Jesus called Lazarus 
who was dead for four days, stinking in the tomb, if he called him back to life, and this same Jesus said, these things I did, you can do the same. I can speak to that dead relationship. I can speak to that dead womb. I can speak to that dead business. I can speak to that dead finances. Jump back to life at my word. Because the word in my mouth, they are spirits and they are life. Every word that proceeds from my mouth carries life. So I can speak to dead things. Jump back to life and they respond at the declaration of my word every truth is established you can speak to dead things and they respond because you have the power of life in your mouth showing your abilities showing your abilities <laughs> Jesus will take five loaves of bread and two fishes and it multiplies in his hands. I have the multipliers anointing. Zuta-vele-timenen-tom-pakrit-de-velatus <laughs> God said to tell someone here, though it looks small in your hands, but it's about to multiply. Though it looks small in your hands, though it losing significance in your hands, but you have the multipliers anointing over your life. You can turn things that lose insignificance. You can multiply them because you have the multipliers anointing. Oh, God said to announce to you, you don't have the Midas touch, you have the Christ touch. You don't have the Midas touch, you have the Christ touch. Everything you touch turns to gold. Everything you touch turns to gold. Everything you touch prospers. Everything you touch... God said to tell someone here, a little shall become a thousand. 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 Don't despise that little token in your hands. Don't despise that insignificant amount in your hands. Don't despise that gift in your hands because you have the multipliers anointing. If your prototype turned five loaves of bread and two fishes into multitudes, into multiples of bread, and he fed multitudes with it, he said to one else to you, because same anointing is in your hands, you can do the same. You can do the same. You can multiply bread. You can multiply finances. Little effort, great result. I say little effort, great result. Little effort, great result. Little effort, great result. Because grace can do with less. What works can do with more. In your hands. 
it is multiplying in your hands it is turning to gold I feel the power of God so strong in this I feel the power Oh I came with a word from God to someone here in this room You've despised your gifts. You've despised that token. You've despised But God said to tell you what seems insignificant. What seems insignificant. What seems insignificant. out for me in your abilities <laughs> can I tell you this morning you have the bounce back anointing I feel the power of God so strong I feel the power of God so you have the bounce back anointing go said to tell someone here you've been on the floor for too long and it seems you'll be on the floor forever. But God said to tell you, you are about to bounce back. You are about to bounce back. <laughs> you are about to bounce back. The harder you fall, the higher you bounce. The harder you fall, the higher you bounce. The harder you fall, the higher you bounce. 
the harder you fall, the higher you bounce. The harder you fall, the higher you bounce. The harder you fall, the higher you bounce. You thought it's all over for you, but God said to talk someone here, the harder you fall, the higher you bounce. There is something within you called the life of God. It's 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 called the life of God. The Bible says the righteous man falleth seven times. The righteous man falleth seven times. The righteous man perfectly fall. But guess what? You are coming back up. You are coming back up. You are coming back up. Job said, when men are cast down, but we shall say, there is a lifting up for us. Why? Because there is a life within us. There is a life within us that enhances our bounce back. There is a life within us that can't put us on the ground for too long. There is a life within us that can't put us on the ground for too long. There is a life within us. The Bible says in Micah 7 verse 8, Do not mock me, O my enemies, because when I'm on the floor, I shall rise up again. When I'm on the floor, I shall rise up again. Give me a message translation. This is what the Bible says. Don't enemy cry over me. I'm down, but I'm not out. I'm down at the moment, but I'm not out of life. <laughs> I wish I had more time to explain that. I'm down, but I'm not out of life. There is air inside. What makes that ball bounce back? There is air inside. And the Bible likened us to the wind in John 3 and verse 8. The wind blows where it listens. It blows where it wishes. You hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it's coming from, where it's going to. So is everyone born of the Spirit. I be wind. There is something within me that brings me back up. There is something within me that brings me back up. I came to prophesy to someone here. This is not your end. You are coming back up. You are coming back up. This is the ability of the God man. You are coming back up. If your Jesus died, was buried, and didn't stay on the ground, but he resurrected on the third day, as sure as the resurrection of Jesus, so is your bounce back. As sure as the resurrection of Jesus, so is your bounce back. That's all I've got for you this morning.